Greetings, everyone. Master Grogan here, ready to rock your world with another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. Hey, as you know, we talk about it a lot. Not if, but when the world kicks your butt. I'm here to motivate, inspire, and kick your butt back up. And that's the whole essence of the Kickin' Life podcast, to help you live your best kickin' life. So buckle up. Here we go. Hey, Kicking Lifers out there, how we doing today? Hopefully you're having a fantastic day. I got something for you, folks. It's our 100th episode. 100! I know, I don't think I can count to 100, but producer Brian, let me know. And we've kind of been tracking this coming along, so I want to do something special for the 100th episode. And for those that have been around since day one, God bless you, thank you so very much. I mean that. Thank you, thank you. Our first episode was recorded November 21st. I'm sorry, November 21st. Yeah, it was November 21st. There it is. I got it right here in my notes. <laughs> I just overlooked it. November 21st, 2016, baby. Our first episode. So what I'm going to do as a special treat, and uh, I'm excited about this, I'm going to put a, put together a compilation of some of the greatest hits, some of the greatest right hooks of reality, some of the greatest guests we've had over those previous 99 episodes. So I'll give a little lead in to each one of those episodes and kind of let it play out. And folks, you're in for a treat. We, we spent a little bit of time doing this, just going through 99 episodes and picking out little segments and highlights of each one. And I'm excited. I'm grateful. I'm thankful that you've been with me. You've joined the tribe. And you've not only joined the tribe, you've helped push and promote the tribe to make our society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live because together we're empowering kids and adults to become, to be their absolute personal best, to stand out in the crowd, stand up to bullying, display manners, discipline, respect, all the virtues and values that you know our society could use, right? Yeah, they're lacking. So, as always, continue to promote it. So, without any, long, without any further, let's jump into episode number one. Now, I'm not going to give you a lead on this one. It was the first episode, and uh, you'll hear toward the end, I, I guess maybe I improved a little bit with this, and it, it shows because <laughs> the downloads, subscribes, and everything else started going up. But here you go, folks, Ep- a brief little tease from episode number one. Oh, today, we're going to start off with a little quote, and the quote is, God has given us two hands, one to receive with and the other to give with. Now, I want you to think about that as we move forward through this podcast and through the rest of your week. What does that really mean? Well, it means we're put on this planet to help others. Yeah, we've got to do what we need to do to help ourselves become our very best. And it starts with us because if you don't feel great about yourself, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to help anybody else out because no one wants to be motivated, nor can anyone be motivated by someone who's down and out. Now, I'm not saying every day is sunshine and rainbows, and this whole podcast is all about being knocked to the deck and getting your butt back up and saying, hey, let's do this thing again. I know I can do a better job next time. But all in all, the world's a pretty good place. Now, not if you listen to the, the media, and the media, I'm telling you, if you want to improve your life, I'm going to give you a tip right off the bat here, turn off the media. Also, don't listen or believe everything on Facebook. You know, this, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and they were talking about how uh, if the only source of information you get is from Facebook, Wow, I can't imagine what kind of life you're living. And they're exactly right. I remember a few years back when the Internet started really booming and big, and I had a buddy that believed absolutely everything he read on the Internet. He said uh, he would come up with some wild statistic or fact or whatever, and I said, where'd you, where'd you read that at? Well, it was on the Internet. 
And I'm like, do you really believe everything you read on the Internet? And his answer was yes. So teach their own. I'm not here to tell you not to believe what you read on the Internet, but I am here to tell you, look, you want to live your best possible life, you've got to eliminate all the negative sources. You've got to eliminate all the negative outlets and believe in yourself. Read things that are positive and uh and of course, the whole thing, believe in yourself to help others. So one more time back on the quote there, God has given us two hands, one to receive with, and that's going to help us become the best we can be, and the others to give with, to give others. And to follow that quote up, one of my favorites, you're going to hear me say this a ton during all my podcasts, I'm a big, huge Zig Ziglar fan, extremely motivational speaker. I mean, this guy has it all. If you haven't checked out Zig Ziglar, you'll check it out. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, but still his message are just as strong today as they were when he was uh, motivating and inspiring all of us. And that quote is, how do you get everything you want in life? And I think that's essential. People want to know, man, what can I do to be my best? What can I do to get what I truly want in life? Now, I can't tell you what you want. I can't tell you what your definition of success is. That's something for you to figure out. Uh, I run into people all the time. They say, hey, can, can you help me become successful? And I'm like, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to be successful in? Well, I don't know. Just be successful. Well, <laughs> you have to have some kind of roadmap and some type of goal in order to determine what type of success you want. So anyway, back to the quote. The quote is from Zig Ziglar. How do you get what you want in life? The way you get what you want is by helping enough other people get what they want, by inspiring, motivating, and simply lending that other hand, that helping hand, to lift somebody else up, to make them feel better about themselves. And I promise, that's tenfold, baby. It comes right back at you. The more you do to help somebody else, the more you're going to feel better about yourself, and the better you feel about yourself, the more you're going to want to do to help other people out. So you've got that revolving door, that endless cycle of doing good deeds. Now, let me tell you something that happens, and I'm just as guilty of this. So, what'd you think? Yeah? Yeah? Episode one. So next, we're going to jump into... Uh, actually, the very next episode, and I had my daughter, Madeline, jump on the show. So on episode uh, number two, which was November 28th, 2016, Madeline jumped on the show, and she talked about being a teenager and overcoming adversity and setbacks. And, you know, with uh, the kind of the friend group as teenagers, they come and they go. And today's digital age, you know, and uh, all teenagers have their problems, but sometimes girls can be a bit catty. And what I mean by that is, you know, today you're best friends and tomorrow uh, this girl hates you and you don't know why, right? So Madeline kind of dives deep and talks about that. So listen in for this little quick segment for my daughter, Madeline. Well, after I got, you know, knocked down after um, not making it into different productions, I started taking piano and voice lessons to help with my um, singing skills. And, and piano lessons too, right? Yes. <laughs> Just that I could become more of a musician, um, which is one of my dreams, is to become a musician and a singer and an actress. <laughs> so I started taking piano and voice lessons, and then the director of the shows actually was my piano and voice teacher, so she helped me a lot with my acting skills as well. Good, and that leads to, well, once again, you find a solution. Well, I got cut from this. Maybe I didn't have what I needed. So she uh, pursued that. She asked, can I start taking music lessons? Can I start taking singing lessons, voice lessons, and all these other things? Plus, in school, she engaged in some different, uh, what was it you did in it was, uh, um, Act 1? or uh, Yeah, it was Act 1 in the fifth grade is when I actually started like becoming, wanting to be an actress. So, so and that's all the preparation, because oftentimes I hear, and uh, even Madeline's heard this, oh, uh, you got lucky, oh, it must be nice. That you, and here, Here's the thing, I'm not a big believer in luck. Let me tell you what luck is. Luck is preparation 
in the background. Preparation is everything you've done behind the scenes, everything you've done that nobody else sees, all the hard work, the effort, uh, the countless hours of doing stuff that nobody knows about. That's preparation, preparing in the background. And when preparation meets opportunity, that's what leads to luck, if some people say, but I just call it success. Because all the things Madeline was doing in the background, you and you heard me talking earlier about action leads to motivation, which leads to more action. Well, instead of laying there and crying about it for an extended period of time, Madeline got herself back up and she said, you know what? I want this. I want to be a lead someday. And she worked at it. So she sought out uh, uh, singing lessons and well, one thing led to another. She prepared for it and opportunity presented itself. Her new voice coach and singing coach and music coach is actually a director. She saw about how hard Madeline was working and then she got a uh, position as Lucy in Charlie Brown Christmas, which is the lead role. That's how luck happens for those that like to say luck. I say it's preparation, everything done in the back, met with being prepared for when that opportunity presents itself, and that's how you have success. And that's the same thing with anything else in life. And I'm going to share a quote with you from uh, Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan said, uh, to learn to succeed, you must first learn to fail. To learn to succeed, you must first learn to fail. And you learn so much. And I've shared with you before, and those that have watched my video blogs and heard me talk uh, in different speeches before, in different presentations, you Yes, you learn from winning, but you never learn as much from winning as you do from losing, as you do from getting knocked down, as you do from not succeeding. And what I mean by that is, and I've, uh, in a martial arts, I fought uh, and, and, and trained all over the world, not just the country of the United States, but I've been to Korea numerous times, and, uh, different trips to Asia, and, and you know, that's a different continent, of course, but trained all over the world and fought some of the toughest men alive. And then playing hockey, I was a pretty elite hockey player, along with baseball and football. Hockey was always number one. But I, uh, anytime we won, even if I won a fight, I, uh, you get this mental thing of like, well, you know what? I'm pretty good at this. I got this thing figured out. Well, that's why it's much, much easier to become a champion than it is to stay a champion because something in your mind it just clicks that I got this thing. So you stop training as hard. You stop preparing as hard. That's why it's easier being the challenger than it is the champion. Well, here's the thing. Anytime I would lose, whether it be a fight or a hockey game or a, a sporting event or, or whatever the case may be, anytime I would lose, you know, once again, you face two choices. Fine, I'm just no good at this stuff. Lay there and cry about it. Or you can say, you know what? I'm not happy about it. What am I going to do about it? And that's the a lesson, just like Michael Jordan said, learning how to fail is what's going to teach you to be a champion, teach you to win and battle through. But the thing is, you're not going to always get what you want in life. You have to believe in yourself enough to pull yourself up and battle through. And that's kind of a great message from Madeline here, who's, uh, you know, a teenager. And being a teenager in today's society is extremely, extremely tough. And we're going to touch on that next. Uh, um, being a teenager, it's uh, it would be much easier for you just to kind of fit in with the crowd, right? Yes, <laughs> but you don't. There's different clicks or something goes wrong, you get into a fight with a friend. And it changes everything. She's not talking about a fist fight. Although she's pretty oh, doggone no. tough. But <laughs> girl fights and... Uh, uh, you know, obviously, I've, I've, I've <laughs> uh, got my daughter, and uh, uh, let me put it to you this way. Guys, when we get into discrepancies or fights, I mean, sometimes it gets physical with guys, but most of the time, you know, wh whatever the case may be, guys are mad at each other. By tomorrow, we've forgotten about it. And what I've learned from uh, most ladies, my daughter, my wife, and, and anybody else <laughs> been around, girl fights tend to last for some, some time. So it's a, it's a little different. Um, and 
that's about all I know about that, so I'll let that one go. But go ahead, Madeline, as you were. What I think is that girls hold grudges for a very, very long time. And you may try your best and try and get back up and rebound from a fight that you've had and try and go back with that same friend group. And it may not work. And that's okay because you don't want to surround yourself with negative people. So you could bounce back up and go to a different group of friends or go to a different group or a different group. Sure. And, uh, and of course, you, you, you make it sound like I uh, mentioned earlier, well, that's easier said than done. Well, everything's easier said than done, but you have to determine who you want to be around, the influences you want in your life, and then also the, the people you want to be associated with. Something I tell my kids all the time, the studio all the time, you are a product of the people you're around. You've heard me say that many times just on this podcast, but also there's a term called guilty by association. So if you're hanging around with the wrong crowd and that crowd's constantly in trouble, well, guess what? You're a part of that crowd, so you must be a troublemaker too. All right. So what'd you think of that? Good stuff? I thought so. Next, we're going to jump jump forward a little bit here. We're jumping into June, June 5th, 2017. And good friend of mine and uh, 14-time world-breaking champion. This guy holds five world records. Dynamite, dynamite, dynamite guy. And like I mentioned, he's become a real, real close personal friend. And that's Master Chip Townsend. And he's going to talk about... Uh, Come and overcome an adversity, going through, and what it's like, what it's like to um, kind of go to martial arts academy, and what we do to inspire kids and adults and everybody else through our adversity, our challenges, our setbacks. So listen up for Master Chip Townsend. Or they they begin to tell themselves this this story, and 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 it's kind of negative, you know. But the reality is this: I ask kids this all the time because I, you know, I deal with a lot of kids, and I say, look. Do you have a younger sibling? And, of course, in a room of kids, the majority of the kids will raise a hand. You know, do you have, if they don't, do you have a younger cousin that ever comes to your house? Do you have, you know, neighbor kids that hang out in your yard and play sometimes that are younger than you? And by the time I ask those questions, the majority of the hands are up. And I, and I say to them at this point, if you raise your hand at any point, you're a leader. Nice. There's just no two ways about it because whenever – I don't know about you, Mr. Rich, but whenever I was a kid, man, if I was in kindergarten and I saw a third grader, I thought that third grader was the king of the world, you know? And, <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, think about it. So the reality is, is no matter what state, you know, where we are in life, there is an area somewhere where we lead people. And one of my mentors is John Maxwell, and I'm a certified John Maxwell teacher. And, you know, one of his points that he makes that's really powerful, he defines leadership as influence, nothing more and nothing less. And nice. so if I, if I have the ability to influence someone in any way, form or fashion, I'm a leader. So I think what you said is powerful. Even if you don't cross the threshold of a martial arts school, take ownership of the idea and the concept that there's areas, there are areas of your life that you're a leader, man. And it's important that you model good behavior as that leader because you're influencing somebody to follow along. Oh, that's excellent. And, and, you know, it maybe brought up a thought that I haven't thought about in quite some time. When I was teaching, I was a PE teacher for 11 years there, and I would base that with the uh, second graders. I would let them know, hey, at a school that was K-1 and 2, second graders, you are the kings and queens of the school. You couldn't wait to get to this point. Now you're the king, so you have to set the example with manners, with good <laughs> discipline, with the showing and setting the example for the first graders, who I called the prince and princesses. And then the kindergartners, they say, oh, we're just kindergartners. I said, no, you're not. You know what you are? 
your future prince and princesses, and then future kings and queens. So I want you to watch the prince and princesses, the kings and queens, how they do things, and think, that's what I want to be like. But also think, you know what? I'm going to take it a step further, and I'm going to be better because I learned from them on how to be better, and then I'm also going to be the person I was born to be. And that's that building that self-confidence, which as we know, and we see it every day in the martial arts world and every day when we're out giving speeches, that that, that, that fear, that innate fear that just overcomes people where they think, I'm not a leader, I'm not this, I can't talk in public, I can't, you know, that's all the I can'ts, and they defeat themselves up with that negative uh, mindset. Well, as you mentioned, Absolutely. I mean, excellent. Everybody has the ability to be a leader when you communicate. And I heard Absolutely. Les Brown say something on an uh, audio tape some time ago. He said, people say all the time that they can't speak in public or they're not public speakers. They can't communicate in public. He says, if you step outside of your house and you communicate with anybody, <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's at the drive through McDonald's. <laughs> You're a public speaker because right. you're communicating in public. Absolutely. And I thought that was a great way Rich. of helping people overcome that, that fear. Absolutely. Well, here, here's another fun one for you. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's this concept of, you know, hey, uh, you know, someone says, you know, what do you do for a living? You go, well, I'm in sales. And the person will <laughs> give you a 10-minute rundown selling you on why they are not a salesperson. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just, it's amazing how that works. You know, I could never sell. I could never speak in public. I could never. And they're going to, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll spend 10 minutes you know, again, selling you on why they can't, why sell. they can't. Yeah. That's self-defeating yeah, mindset. Absolutely, right. <laughs> and it's just like, really, really, you can't sell. You're not a salesperson, man. You just really sold me well on the fact that you can't sell. So yeah, I think you got it. something going on here, right? <laughs> Isn't that great? And it's, it's, and it's, absolutely. you know, our mission as, as a whole there. And it's, uh, you know, and I apologize. I didn't realize I knew you loved John Maxwell. I didn't know you were a certified Maxwell, uh, leadership coach and uh, speaker there. So congratulations. That's powerful. Absolutely powerful. And those out there that yeah. haven't read any Thank John you. Maxwell books. Oh, you're very welcome. Check those out. He is by far the foremost, uh, leader on leadership and personal development there. Excellent. So what'd you think of that? All about leadership, right? Yeah. And being a leader. How everybody has the opportunity and the possibility, regardless, to be a leader. Good stuff, good stuff. From there, we're going to fast forward, just jump ahead a week to June 12th, 2017. And one of my personal mentors, Kiyoshi Dave Kovar, joins the show. And he discusses things that have helped me grow into who I've become with the philosophy. And uh, the philosophy of several philosophies, but one in particular, if you take care of the days, the weeks, months, and years will take care of themselves. And that's a big thing that he's pushed on me, and I've definitely shared with uh, the listeners quite a bit. It's just a great, great message, those little bitty small disciplines every single day. All right, take it away, Kiyoshi. Kiyoshi, there's something you say all the time. You take care of the days and the weeks, months, and years take care of themselves. Would, would you mind elaborating on that for the uh, listeners, please? Yes. Well, first off, thank you for that kind introduction, and I'd like to think I helped, but there's been a lot of people that have had a major impact on the business, but I'm, I'm certainly glad that, 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 that I've been able to help you along the way. You know, I think uh, regardless of the field that you're in, uh, you know, there's, there's a, the quality of your life is in direct relationship with the quality of the habits and routines that you, rituals that you currently have in place. And what I mean by that is, is, is like a, the quote that I like is, 
take care of the days and years, take care of themselves. And what that is, is, man, it's just so important to have long-term goals, right? I need to know where you're going. But sometimes people get so tied up in, like, long-term goals that they kind of forget about their daily stuff and how that works. And for, let's imagine, like, I, I like to, uh, uh, you know, I, I like to plant vegetables. I like a vegetable garden. This year, all I'm growing is tomatoes. Some years I've had the crazy garden, right? So I've got, like, 12 tomato plants going. And, and so if I, if I sprout those from seeds, and I, you know, first off, what do I need for it? I need, I need a good seed. I need a uh, fertile soil. I need sun and I need water. Right. And, and so, but if, 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 it, if I, if I planted this and the seed sprout and I stick it in the ground and every two days I pull it up by the roots to check out how the roots are going, I shove it back down. It's not going to grow as well as that if I, okay, I plant the seed, uh, right. I start with a good seed. I make sure my, that the, the soil is good, but then what do I do, man? I make sure it gets plenty of sun and I keep it watered and I let nature take care of itself. Right. And so it's kind of like that to me with goals. It's like, it's great to have a long-term goal. And you know, it's not that you shouldn't revisit it all the time. However, then it's a matter of what can you do today? Right. You know, and, and so what kind of habits do you have? Are the habits or the daily habits that you have right now, are they in line with where you want to be in the future, right? And so it's always, you know, uh, as martial arts professionals, and regardless, I mean, the same thing applies to other people, but you you can certainly identify with me is that, you know, the line is very blurred for us when it comes to, if you go for a run at the gym, is that personal or professional? Because we're martial arts professionals, it's both. Because you know what I'm saying? So, so, and so is your health, so is your nutrition, et cetera. So the first thing I always challenge people to do is, is uh, really just take a look at, you know, uh, bottom line, and whatever career you want to pursue, you know, it, being healthy really helps. There's a, an old proverb that goes, I, I'm probably going to mess it up, but uh, when, you're, when you have your health, uh, um, you have uh, a thousand goals. When you don't have your health, you have but one. Right. Which is so true. Nice. Right. So you Absolutely. just want to get healthy. And, 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 and so I think sometimes if you are all healthy, they're healthy, man, you take it, take appreciate it. And if not, what little things can you do? Can you tighten up on your diet a little bit? Uh, can you make sure you get enough rest? Can you make sure you're exercising? Can you make sure you're, you're processing stress, right, in a positive way? And that's the kind of thing that we need to do every day. And if we do that, all of a sudden what happens is our momentum shifts and it shifts in the right direction. And, you know, we start feeling more vibrant, more positive, and, and that opens up the door for, for all other possibilities. So that's kind of the idea with that quote, man, is that, you know, uh, is making sure that you develop daily habits that, that help you get to where you want to go. Absolutely awesome, sir. Thank you so much for sharing that. And listeners out there, you've heard me talk about take care of the days and the weeks, months, and years will take care of themselves. Well, there was a detailed explanation on exactly what that means. And that's, you know, Kiyoshi Kovar is who I got that from. And uh, he's been pounding that in my brain for the last several years that I've been uh, associated with him. And uh, Kiyoshi, last week we had Master Chip Townsend on, uh, on the line with us as a guest. And we talked a lot about a white belt moment and really stressing that to our listeners that it doesn't matter if you're in the martial arts field or not. It doesn't matter if you're taking martial arts or not. That white belt moment is always about discovering something new every single day, not only about yourself, but always willing to learn something. And that moment of, whoa, yeah, this is it. And uh, you'd mentioned that about setting habits, setting patterns to do things day in and day out to take care of the years. So I know you get up every morning at about uh, 4.30 and go to the gym and work out. And when we talk to people about, you know, different exercise routines and rituals, the, the thing comes back to me, well, it must be nice, or I can't do that, or, oh, yeah, it's easy for you. So I wanted to bring that in. Is it, is it easy for you every morning to get up, or do you have to fight those demons every morning? Honestly, like it, it, 4.30, it's a little earlier than I get up, but I got to tell you, no, it's never easy. I'll tell you this morning's battle, right? 
So last night, as you know, you know, when you teach martial arts for a career, that usually means the last class gets over at 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. You get home, you're wired, right? So I don't teach every evening anymore. Uh, last night, I was at one of our schools. I taught classes up until 9 o'clock. Uh, and last class, adult jiu-jitsu class, had a great time. I was, I was fired up. I get home, I'm wired. I, I have a hard time. Usually, I'm, I'm, I'm able to get to bed at a decent hour. Last night, no way, man. It just, I was, I just, uh, so I, I probably somewhere past midnight by the time I got to sleep. So I allowed, realizing that, I go, okay, I'm going to allow myself. I'm going to, I'm allowing myself to sleep in a little bit. So anyway, long story short, I, I get up uh, about 5.45 this morning and, uh, man, you, you know, I'm coming up with every excuse possible to not work out, right? And I, I could come up with a million and, 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 uh, and I know I've, I do it, you know, very frequently, right? It's hard to, so what do I do? I, I got up and I, I went for a, and I'm not saying this to sound arrogant, please, I hope it doesn't come off that way. It's like, you know, so I just, I kind of go, you know what? It doesn't matter. Those are, those are excuses. And I get up, I did my little 5k run, right? And I come back and especially the last hundred yards, you know, at first it's hard, the legs ache, the body's sore from maybe yesterday's workout. And, and, and then, then you, you get about, for me, I get about a mile in and everything starts, the endorphins start flowing and, you know, and then, and so when I finally finish that last hundred yards and I get back to my house, I just take that moment. I do this every morning after whatever the workout is, I take a moment. I just, I, I remember how good it feels to be done and how glad I did I, how glad I am to have gotten up and done it because that will help me when I face that battle tomorrow. And, you know, it, 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 there's, there's always, uh, you can always come up with an excuse. And, and by the way, there's legitimate things, you know, somebody listening might have a legitimate reason, right. To not be able to exercise. And I get that. I, I'm not want to pass judgment on anybody, but I'm amazed by how many really smart people, uh, um, are so intelligent in so many areas, but they come up with excuses from that area. You know, it, <laughs> yep. it's, it's uh, as my dad always taught me, a little something's better than a lot of nothing, right? And someone that says they don't have time to work out, I would challenge that. I would challenge that. Oh, really? You don't. So you don't have five minutes. Well, you can't do anything in five minutes. Yes, you can, right? Try uh, just doing this. And I know you're familiar with this. Uh, try doing air squats. That's just a squat, right? For 20 seconds, take a 10-second break and do about eight sets of that. Okay? That'll take you about four minutes. And guess what? You will be blown away. Uh, now, is it better if you work out for 45 minutes? Maybe, but if you can do a lot in a short period of time, right? There's another concept called greasing the groove, and greasing the groove refers to every chance you get, you do a little exercise. So imagine if every hour you got up and you, you, you walked for 100 yards and you did 10 push-ups, and you did that, you know, eight times a day. Look where you'd be, right? And so it's really a matter of reprogramming yourself. And then, you know, they say... Uh, 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 you know, repetition is, is the, uh, um, you know, the mother of success. Well, discipline is the daddy, right? Yes, sir. And, and so, uh, so the, the key thing is, is that you got to, you know, the, the hard part that the things that I see is that most people, they, they and, and by the way, myself included, I'm not immune to this, but, you know, we, we many of us are not the master uh, of ourselves. And what I mean by that is, is we are, we let our moods and our ego control our actions instead of our goals yes, sir. controlling our actions. And so, you know, if you, the fact, if you say, Oh, I don't want to do that. Everybody says, I don't want to do that. It's just a voice in your head. It's not the best part of you talking. Right. And so our ability is, is, is to kind of think who's in control. There's, there's a great story by an author by the name of Stuart Wilde and Stuart Wilde is, is kind of an out there kind of a, kind of a, uh, you know, very maybe politically incorrect, 
uh, Deepak Chopra, for lack of a better comparison, <laughs> right? He's, he's kind, of, but he, he's got some really cool stuff. And like I said, if people people either love him or hate him, and they, but but he's, he, I I really gravitate to a lot of his his, his thinking. But one of the things he talks about when it comes to developing self discipline is that uh, he was always told his whole life, and I might be getting the story exact wrong, but it, it, hopefully the point will get across that hey man, he's got all this talent, but he lacks discipline. So he said, okay man, it's enough of this. I can't ever seem to get any follow through. So I'm going to make a, a meaningless commitment. And I'm going to stick to it just out of principle. So this is what he does. So he, he decided to commit to a year, um, at, for a year, to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go out in his backyard and move a pile of rocks from one location to the other and then go back to bed. The next yes, day, and get, get up and move the pile of rocks back to the, back to the first location. And the reason why he picked this, because it had absolutely no, you know, really <laughs> meaningful, you know, function at all except it was something he committed to do. Now, what happened was, by the way, it ended up being a pretty good exercise for him. But what happened is after that year, he did it every day. He, his level of self-control was just off the hook because he followed through with what he was doing, right? And so my advice to people that don't really have that level of discipline that they like is, is not to just like jump in full on, change your whole life immediately, cold turkey, do everything, you know, different. It would, but it would be to make slow, steady change, but commit to it. For example, let's use exercise. All right, so I, I haven't exercised in years, and I want to start exercising. I know I should. My doctor told me I should. I'm overweight. My, my blood pressure is high. My stress load is high. Okay, so I'm going to go to the gym for an hour a day from now on. No, I'm not. It's going to last two or three days, and the willpower is going to give out. I'm going to be back to my routine. However, if I commit, I say, okay, i got to get, I got to get in better shape. I, I'm going to start slow. And if I commit to something I can be successful at, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to get up 10 minutes early, and I'm going to walk around the block, and I'm going to commit to doing that for one week. I will do it. I absolutely will do it, okay? And I commit to it. Then Now, that's realistic. All right, a week goes by. I did it every day. I pat myself on the back and I say, okay, now I'm going to up it. I'm going to get up 20 minutes early and walk around the block twice, and I'm going to do 10 push-ups every morning. I'm going to commit to that for a week. You get the idea. Absolutely. And so the whole idea, when you want to have any – if you want to solicit change in yourself, uh, in my experience, there are exceptions. There's always exceptions. But my experience is that slow, steady change is the way to go. Awesome. Good stuff, right? Just these little quick hitters of – Previous podcast and that little bang, right hook of reality, but also that quick, you know, planting that little seed again. And also, for those that have been around since day one, it's kind of cool to revisit some of these shows, right? Yeah. So now we'll jump forward to July 3rd, 2017, and a guy that I met at uh, a martial arts convention who wrote an excellent book, called, and uh, his name is Chris Nansky. And Chris is going to talk about when others show belief in us, it gives us the power to believe in ourselves. Now, it sounds pretty simple, right? But he steps it a step further. When we have that gift or that power, that belief in ourselves, we need to return that favor to kind of continue passing that message on. So listen to this excellent message from Mr. Chris Nansky. But the second thing that I learned, and I still carry this with me today, is he looked me deep in the eyes and he said to me in his broken English, I will make you a champion. I will make you a champion. Now, when you're 13 years old, you know, you just think about medals and trophies and all that other kind of stuff. But you know, I'm getting goosebumps telling this story. Well, and I've told it right hundreds now. of times. Yeah, but, you know, he saw something in me, and he was claiming that for me, right, that was allowing me to embrace it in myself. And so I think the first thing is, is about finding that inner champion is those of us who have been blessed to have people in our lives that have saw that greatness in it in us and pointed it out 
that's the first thing. So, you know, we as martial arts instructors have this marvelous opportunity to do that with other people. So that's the first thing I'd like to share. I just think we have, it's one of the, one of the um, few um, professions where we have the opportunity to do that on a daily basis. Um, so anyway, that, that, that's the first thing I'd like to say. And then second of all, it, it has to be about us making a choice each and every day. I mean, you talked about Kyoshi Dave, you know, making that decision to get up and yourself, get up and do that workout. We have to step into that and make it a conscious choice because there's too many other outside influences that can get us off track. And it doesn't need to be grandiose. It just needs to be one small step <laughs> built upon another small step. And then pretty soon we've got a life that uh, is really worth living. Absolutely. And, and um, funny about the small steps, a couple books that come to mind is uh, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, how things compound yep. over time. And, of course, he uses the penny example. If uh, give you a penny or $3 million today or right. the penny that compounds every single day for the end of the month, but it takes up to, yep. what is it, the 29th day before you reach the $3 exactly. million mark. And yep. by the 31st really day, wouldn't. you've got $10 million. But most people want That's the instant right. gratification. They want it right now. And I'm kind of in the middle of an audio book right now called, uh, it's by Jeff Olson, The Slight Edge. And it's the same mm-hmm. situation, yep. talking about those little bitty mm-hmm. steps that create so much. You're not going to see it the first day you look in the mirror. You're not going to see it the next day. But what you want to do is that feeling, okay, I'm working towards something, kind of future planning. And that's kind of the mindset of a black belt. It doesn't happen, you know, on day one, all the way through the battle, whatever that may be. And we talk about having that white belt mindset throughout. White belt mindset with a black belt attitude. The mindset is I'm always learning. The attitude is I'm going for something. And I think that's incredible. Fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. Next, we're going to jump forward to the September 4th, 2017 episode with... Miss Master Melody Schumann. And Melody talks about how to communicate with kids of all ages and how oftentimes, you know, as adults, we forget that we were once kids. Well, she gives some beautiful, wonderful insight on how to communicate with kids of all different ages and communicate in a way that's effective, that you're actually helping them grow instead of kind of, and we never, nobody ever means to put kids down, but oftentimes that happens because we forget how to connect with kids. So take it away, Miss Melody Schumann. What I did is I then reverse engineered our curriculum. So I said, what would a five or six year old look like if he was in his top 5% of his stage of development for each particular skill? Let me give you an example. Balance. You know what the average five or six year old can do, or how many kicks the average five and six year old can do with? Just an average five or six year old. How many kicks can I do without putting their foot down? Five. Five. Yeah, it's anywhere between three and five, right? Yep. So what if I told you that a five-year-old, I have a five-year-old that can do 50 kicks without putting his foot down. What would you say? <laughs> That's outstanding. Yeah, he's way above his stage of development, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So white belt, level, white belt level for their balance, they have to do five kicks without putting their foot down. Next belt level is 10, then 15, then 20, then 25, so that when they graduate the program with nine belt levels, they're able to do 50 kicks without putting their foot down. That's awesome. Same concept with the coordination. You know, white belt has to do five left and right punches uh, correctly. Next next belt level is five left and right kicks. Next belt level is 10 left and right kick combinations. All the way up to when they graduate, they're doing a 16-move kickboxing combination. So their coordination is now in the top 5% of their stage development. So I created the curriculum to reverse engineer so that when they graduate the program, all eight of these skills are going to be in the top 5% of their stage of development physically, intellectually, emotionally, and socially. And that was a product that parents really started wrapping their head around and saying, wow, 
this isn't just my child learning how to kick and punching or self-defense. This is helping my child become the best version of themselves. And that's, again, the theory behind skills is the science, integrating that science and psychology into the martial arts. It's been groundbreaking and revolutionary for the schools that are embracing it. Now, I'm not saying that traditional martial arts is not a good curriculum. Traditional martial arts is a great curriculum. Traditional martial arts just is a more challenging curriculum to reach the masses and retain the masses. What it feels is it's a very simplified concept that really targets a larger majority of the children because we're targeting their stage of development. Wow, wow, wow. And listeners, uh, you, you, you thought I could talk. That was all in one breath. How about that? <laughs> but uh, obviously you heard the compassion and the sincerity in her voice. And I tell you, from knowing uh, Melody for a number of years now, she puts her heart and soul into everything she does and always has as far as I could. I mean, even before I met her, the people that talked about her, her progression, her stepping stone, and you know, just the amount of time she put into the study and learning all because she wanted to do more. And that's kind of the message of the show here. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Now, if you're in your car, obviously you can't take notes. Uh, hopefully you're taking mental notes. But if you're listening to this, maybe if you're at a desk or someplace where you can take some notes, boy, oh boy, jot those things down. Because I had forgotten until I went through and started picking through these episodes all the wonderful, priceless insight that, some, that all of our guests have to offer. Next, we're going to jump forward to September 18th, 2017. And this gentleman has become an extremely good friend. And he has been on the show more than anybody, not only for the whole long episodes, but uh, little five to seven minute little plugs. He'll talk about different things, his book, what he's doing with kids, what he's doing to help not only grow his martial arts academy, but most importantly, grow society into a better place to live. And that's Professor Brandon Beliso. And on this one, he kind of talks about peeling back the layers of the onion and being vulnerable, but doing doing so, so you'll help others, help others live their pos- best possible life. So take it away, Professor Beliso. Yeah, I got a question last night on a Facebook Live, you know, who's your mentor? And I tell them today, my mentor, other than God, I'm my own mentor. It's really stripping away those layers, but to take that path inward, it's scary. I mean, are you willing to pull back your own covers and take a look at yourself honestly? You know, when all the hoopla's gone, when you, I'm not professor, the instructor, or the speaker, or the entrepreneur, or any of those labels and things that people give to me, when I'm alone after midnight, can I pull back my own covers and take a hard, honest look at myself? Because it's only from that humble point can I begin to make corrections? Can I begin to shift my mindset? Can I begin to set myself on a path of learning and growth? Anything less than that, I live in a state of fear which is fed by ego, which is fed by insecurity. And everything I do, everything I see will always be clouded in that. So, you know, it's not fun. It's not fun. It's much easier, especially in our culture, to have all these distractions, Facebook, Instagram. You know, when I grew up with four channels. Now there's got to be millions of channels you can tune into <laughs> on the TV. So there's all these distractions and the design to separate you further from yourself. And in the words of Tit Not Han, You don't need a phone to tell you you're smart. You don't need a Fitbit to tell you you're healthy. Yet, we're so dependent upon those devices to define who we are. Well, we do the same thing with people and groups and and, and different things of that nature as well. Oh, beautifully said. Beautifully said. And listeners out there, I I told you you're in for a treat and a surprise. We had uh, Master Melody Schumann was on our last podcast, and she rocked uh, 
rock the house with her visions and also her mission and achievement, what she's done with her Ninja and Skills program. And she uh, had mentioned about a couple different titles. And it's amazing how we all mature and progress and change. Uh, her number one priority is is being a mom, being a ninja mom, which is, is so awesome because uh, she's still out there with the energy and compassion. But something about having kids changes your mindset. And it also, I mean, brings up your childhood as well. And I know you've got two wonderful kids. And there you wrote a book. And, and I understand it's going to be more than one set of books. But uh, you want to tell our listeners about uh, your book that you just released with your kiddos there? Yeah, the children's series. That's been out for a short period of time as well. It's called The Adventures of Bray and Tay. And my son is Brayden. My daughter is Taya. It immortalizes them in the age of three and six because that was such a wonderful time. And so as I write these books, they'll always be three and six. The first book is on focus, and it takes them on the adventure, very age-specific, very um, designed and written for kids to help them discover why focus is cool and how focus works in their life. But parents love it as well because it uses examples why parents need a child to focus. I got an artist out of Italy, and we made sure there was no technology. We didn't want iPads and things like that, so it's very rich. The photos are rich. They're outdoor a lot. It's very colorful. Um, so that's very intentional. And that book's doing really well as, as well. If you look at Amazon, the reviews on that one are off the hook as well. And the next one will be confidence, and we'll write one on discipline. And it's all to support um, my product, One Merit Badges, which we're rebranding the Kids Love Life Skills. Um, if you don't know, I have a life skills system I developed that's used in 400 schools worldwide. And we want to expand that market into a homeschool market, into the charter schools. I want our parents to be able to pick this up, a little league coach. So we want to take life skills out of just the martial arts industry where I've predominantly had it and branch that out. So these books will support that. We have written color sheets come out really, really cool where it's kind of like adult coloring pages. So a kid can sit with their parent and color this thing on courage. And you see a kid slaying a dragon. Oh, see, that's courage because he's standing up to his fear. And so as they color the sheet together, they can discuss that life skill through the picture that they're coloring. Does that make sense? Oh, more than makes sense. That's absolutely wonderful and fantastic. And as I mentioned, Professor Bliso has been on more shows than anybody. Uh, and he's just always so willing with his time because he realizes the impact that we're doing here with our Kickin' Life podcast and the impact that we're having on all of us collectively kind of building that tribe, making society a better place to live. Thank you so much, Professor Bliso. Now we're going to fast forward to August 9th of 2017. And on this episode, I've got my two secret weapons, Emmett and Austin, my two little buddies, right? They join the show for the first time and talk about their favorite water boy quote. Yeah. So we got some humor in there and some fun with the boys, but they also talk about how to overcome fears and essentially just feel good about yourself. And they do a terrific job. And I love these two. Obviously, they're my two sons, my two secret weapons. We had Madeline on earlier. Now we got the boys on for this one. So listen up. Favorite water boy quote coming at you. And then little things about how to overcome fears and feeling good about yourself. Take it away, boys. Oh, well, give us your favorite Bobby Boucher line. Maybe Emmett. What's your favorite? No, um, <laughs> um, he's on the spot here now. He says them all the time. But now that he's on the spot, he's like, ah. Go ahead, buddy. Give us one. Um, I ain't when my Bobby playing no foosball, <laughs> as in football. <laughs> but oh my gosh. Say it again, Emma. That was awesome. I'm not letting my Bobby play no foosball, as in football. Oh, that was a good one, Emma. I didn't know where you're going with it. That's a good one. Oh, you got a favorite one? 
Well, that was, that was all I was going to say. Uh-oh. Well, let, you're let, 17. Come me. up with another one. Come up with another one. Uh. <laughs> Foosball. That's nice. That's nice. Well, guess what? Emmett, you say this to your mom all the time. What do I say? Mama's wrong again. <laughs> God, no darn. Colonel Sanders. No Colonel Sanders. You're wrong. All right. Mom's this show right. has derailed. Good stuff, everybody. Hopefully you like that. That's it. You know, laughter is a big part of living your best kick in life, right? We all enjoy mm-hmm. laughing. It's a, it's a good thing. And laughter releases a powerful chemical in the brain. Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? Anyone? What? What? Does it start with an M? M? No, it doesn't start with an M. You're thinking about McDonald's? That doesn't release a powerful <laughs> chemical. That's not... Well, you guys may think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But no. Um, there, there's actually four feel-good chemicals. Endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. Wow, that just blew your minds, didn't it? Anyway, they flush out a, a really horrible chemical, which is a necessity. You need this chemical. It's the fight-or-flight chemical, but it's also the stress chemical, and that's cortisol. Cortisol is when you're all stressed out, and that's something we talked about during the assemblies. When uh, kids say mean things, do mean things to others, what happens is it hurts your mind, it hurts your heart, and it hurts your stomach. Your stomach gets all knotted up because you've got that cortisol flushing through your body, that stress chemical. When you're stressed out, ugh, everything else shuts down. Your digestive system shuts down. Your immune system shuts down. Your stomach's not feeling good. But a good old laughter, somebody making you feel good, that flushes all those things out. And Emma, what do we talk about, about having a stomach ache? Does anybody enjoy having a stomach ache? No. No, that shuts you down. But, of course, I had said something funny. I said, all right, kids. You know, everybody loves when their stomach aches, right? And they're like, what the heck's this guy talking about? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was that pretty funny, buddy? Well, look- yesterday it was more since I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Was that a right hook of reality for you? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Mm. And that was kind of with the crowd. I had them, we're going, yeah, I feel great. I feel awesome. I feel great. You're terrific. You're awesome. I believe in me. And I love it when my stomach hurts. And they're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> So that was a quick change there. But now laughter is a huge part, as we know. And, you know, what we talk about on the show all the time, and that's kind of the whole message. I mean, gosh darn, that's the name of the show, right? Kicking life to live your best kick in life. And that has really nothing to do with martial arts. It has to do with a swift kick in the butt. So if you want to relate martial arts to that, but kick your butt when you've, when you've not been knocked down. Life is going to knock you down. Get yourself back up. Battle through. Believe in yourself and do your best. Fantastic. Next, we're going to springboard forward to November, November 20th, 2017. And this gentleman, I mean, I've only known him a short time, but we have, it's kind of springboard forward as we did this episode, right? And becoming extremely good friends. I mean, what a wonderful, wonderful human being. Puts God first, is caring, loving, forgiving and helpful, doing what he can to make society a better place to live, you know, which is the essence of the Kickin' Life podcast. That's why it was kind of a perfect platform for him to share his message. Now, this was the first time he was on the show. He's been on it uh, one other time since then, but he said, anytime, anytime you need a guest, I'll be more than happy to do it, and I'm so honored. And that's Mr. Benji Molina joins the show, and he's going to talk about being a good person, leading with your heart, and trusting and believing in God. Take it away, Benji. Uh, it doesn't matter what you play. It doesn't matter if you're a soccer player. You still have a, a choice on becoming a great person. It doesn't matter if it's sports. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're a, a gardener. It doesn't matter. You have a choice, man. You have a yep. choice to be good. 
to be great in your heart just because God wanted to. So that's the choice I pick, man. Yep. Lead with your heart. That's the example I'm hearing, and that's the example I know all our listeners are hearing. Lead with your heart. And, and and people are so afraid to put your heart out there because when you do, you have the chance of that thing being uh, filleted, sliced, and diced, and just butchered to pieces because there are people out there that are going to be willing to take advantage of you. But you know what? That's on them. I'm a big believer in karma. You do the right thing, and you continuously do the right thing. You may not get that return that you're wanting right away, but gosh darn it, you keep planting those right seeds you're going to get a bountiful harvest. You're going to get a return. You're going to create a legacy, and you're going to impact so many more lives than that person that just, hey, you know what, uh, you're going to pay me, and then I'm not doing it. You know, well, good. I, I hope you enjoy those few dollars that you're going to get because that's all you're ever going to get. You're never going to have that peace, that serenity, that waking up like you just talked about of happiness and knowing you're making a positive contribution in the world. You are changing the world and making it a better place to live. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That- you're putting your little piece in there, you know, your little piece. Maybe your your uh, your your piece is not that big to help the world, but it's a little one, and if we all do the the little piece, man, we we get the whole puzzle, you know. So, and, and I'm gonna tell you guys this, I um, I you won't believe it, but I had guys in baseball, professional baseball, my teammates that came to me and said, "Why are you helping him? He's gonna take your spot if you help him." And he does well, you're gone. You might not even make money. You're you're not gonna get a contract. And that was the least of my worries. That's get beautiful. a contract. No, I, I, I trust myself. I trust what I can do. And I and most of all and most importantly, I trust God. I trust yep. him. And he has a way for me. And if he wasn't with that guy or that team, he was gonna be with somebody else. And if he wasn't, I was gonna be fine too. So I'm like, why am I not going to help you? But believe it or not, my teammates, some of them, came to me and say, wow, you're dumb, man. What the hell are you helping? <laughs> yeah, he's going to take a spot. And I'm like, okay, that's your take. So what, well, do I, what am I supposed to do, buddy? Well, Benji, I think you just nailed it on the head there. And it's something my grandmother, uh, and she passed away a few years ago, but something she was my foundation. She always said to me, Richie, <laughs> everybody would call me Richie, Richie, as long as you put God first, everything else will fall into place. Richie, as long as you put God first, he's going to give you the tools. You may not understand it, but that was the whole thing. Richie, 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 put God first. And you may not always understand yeah. it, but put God first and the things will come and play. And obviously what God's working through you as a leader, he knew you were a natural born leader. You know, and um, we didn't quite get to it, but uh, your father passed away at an early age, but he laid the foundation. He planted those seeds, so to speak. And you being the older brother had to make the hard choices. And I'm sure you made some mistakes along the way. We all do because we're human beings. But you made the conscious effort. If I smoke this cigarette or if I take this drink, then I'm going to have a direct impact on Jose and and Yachty. And they're going to do what Big Brother does. By you refusing to do that, by making the right choice, by being a leader, by following your heart and your passion, that has carried over. And look at the amount of people you have helped today that never would have been inspired or helped if you would have been just like, you know, the the majority of the uh, people in the world today. That's incredible. Yeah, and uh, and and to hear my brother say that that uh, that they were following me, they were really following me. They always tell people I was following Benji because that was my big brother. I was just trying to copy him, yep. and, and I'm like, wow, you know, if I would have chosen the wrong pieces, the wrong way, they would have fall apart too. And we have just 
nothing, you know. We don't become anybody. Well, we wouldn't and, be talking about uh, your book right now because if you, they would have okay. turned out differently, it, you would have just been another statistic two or three years in the bigs or maybe longer, and then yeah. you're off and gone. But by you laying that, planting that seed, that foundation, that is so incredible. Yes, and you have a choice. And for all the listeners out there, uh, even if you don't think or you don't believe that you have that power to become a leader, you do. We all do. We have that heart. We all have a heart. We all have a mind. And we, we all have that desire to help others first and to become a better world. We do. We do. Believe in yourself at any moment. Oh. Believe that you can help. Believe that you can go out and help out one kid. Just say hi to a kid and make him feel Special. the best yep. out there every single day. And we all do it, man. We all have it. We all have that heart. It's just that we chose not to do it, right? Yep. That's the whole problem. Well, I tell, uh, and this is something I share with my staff all the time, and I'm out. I said, I want you to visualize that everybody's wearing a sign, and they are wearing a sign. Because everybody has a heart, everybody has emotions, everybody has feelings. Everybody's wearing a sign, and that sign says, make me feel special. Fantastic. Good stuff, good stuff. Love you, Benji. Good stuff as always, buddy. All right, next up, we move on to March 26, 2018. And here's another gentleman that's become an extremely good friend and a personal mentor and kind of my speaking coach and uh, a little bit of accountability coach, too, helping me move forward with writing my book, developing my speech pattern, developing my presentation. And, um, you know, he mentions everybody's got their own, you know, way of speaking. He worked with two of the absolute very best, two of my favorites, and you hear me talk about them on all the shows, Zig Ziglar and Jim Rome. And he worked with both of them. He said, but they couldn't be more different, bipolar opposite. He talked about Zig Ziglar was always there early and, you know, meeting and greeting and high fives and shaking hands. That was his personality. Where Jim Rohn, on the other side, kind of sneak in the back door, get up on stage, do his thing, and then kind of sneak back out. Well, one was introverted, one was extroverted. That doesn't make one better than the other. It's just who they were. But he had the opportunity to work with both and, and learn from both on both sides. Fantastic. And I'm so grateful and honored and blessed to be able to call him a friend and then continue working with him. So Chris, is gonna, and he's, he's got a bestseller. One of his bestseller books is with Jim Rohn, and that's called 12 Pillars. But in this episode, he talks about the fundamental principles of reaping and sowing. So listen in. A lot to learn from this little episode. Take it away, Chris. Yeah, I think that it's probably the most universal, um, the most universal principle of, you know, of all time. It works in agriculture. It works in love relationships. It works in business relationships. And so it's very important for us to, to understand that, that everything we do, everything we say, it's all sowing. And whatever you're sowing is what you're going to reap. So, um, you know, the way you talk to your spouse, that is sowing. Uh, if you speak poorly to him or her, you're going to reap a poorer relationship. Um, it works in finances. If you sow your money into a uh, Gucci bag or a, uh, you know, a Louis, uh, uh, Louis what is it, Yves Saint Laurent or, wow. you know, uh, any of those kinds of things, you're going to reap poverty. If you sow it into investments, you're going to reap wealth. Um, it's, it's just one of the great universal principles of all time. You stick an apple seed into the ground, you're going to get apples. I mean, that's just the way it works. Sure. I mean, and it boils down. It's just flat out common sense. And a lot of people will say, well, if it's so simple, why aren't more people more successful? Well, 
and you know, it's also, if you sow to the gym, you reap health. If you sow to ice cream, you reap fat, you know, I mean, everything is the most universal success principle. Why is it that people don't do it? Um, you know, that's as old as the Bible itself. I mean, there was one passage in the Bible where the apostle Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I keep on doing. Um, there's this nature inside of human beings that they do what they want to do rather than what they should do. And, and much, much of the time to their own detriment. Well, and I know you touch on in the book there, you know, there's always something new, a new, exciting, shiny red ball, new, shiny object on the way to get in better shape, the way to be financially sound, the way to do this. But you mentioned in the book, which is absolutely, you know, spot on, it, it, th- this isn't anything new. This goes all the way back to the Bible times. And it's just, you've got to do what you've got to do from the farmers. You got to plant the right crops. You got to sow, you got to tend to, you got to cultivate, you got to nurture. And then there's the harvest but you're not always going to get the harvest. But one thing for sure, if you don't sow, you're not going to get anything. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Good. You've got to be sowing. And in fact, the fact is, is that you already are sowing. It's not that you have yep. to be sowing. Um, it's, it's that you already are sowing. Now you just have to ask yourself, what are you sowing? Fantastic. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks, Chris. Good job, buddy. Like, like you need me to tell you, good job. <laughs> good stuff. All right, fast forward. We're jumping into April 2nd, 2018. And this episode, Golf Pro and my brother-in-law, Noah Vineyard, joins the show. And he talks about the, the daily disciplines it takes to be a golf pro and being able to stay in the moment. And how that's something, yes, the pro golfers or any professional athlete has to do. You have to stay in the moment. You know, forgetting about the past, not looking too far ahead, but staying present in the moment. But he also gives some tidbit and some advice and suggestions on how that can help us. You know, everyday folks that maybe aren't professional athletes, but staying in the moment and capturing that, but the daily disciplines that lead up to being able to do that. So great message. Take it away, Noah. So golfers, they goof up. They miss a three-footer for birdie. How do they get rid of it? Yes. Um, it's always staying in the present. That's what the best golfers in the world do. Um, they're able to get mad. I would say for usually they give themselves about five seconds and you can see it on their face. Say Tiger Woods misses a three foot putt. You can see he'll back up and, and he's mad and, and he'll just close his eyes. He'll take a deep breath and then he just lets it go. And then, okay, now what do I do for, in this situation? What do I have to do to make this next putt? So it's in they, the past. I can't do yep, anything about it. Nothing you can All do. All I can do now is focus on the present. Exactly. So, and folks, if you're, golfer, if you're a golfer out there, I'm sure that knowledge will help you instead of throwing your club and having a temper tantrum. I've done those things, the, and it hasn't helped. Or in the real world, outside the golf world, you know, we all get frustrated. We, maybe our boss is a jack wagon. Maybe our kids are not behaving properly. Maybe somebody cut us off in traffic. All these things happen in the real world. They just do. And it's not like there's a curse placed on you. That's just part of life. But maybe take a lesson from a golf pro here. Step back, five seconds, take your breath. It's in the past. There's nothing I can do about it, but I can't let it control the rest of my day or the rest of my life for some people. Yeah, it's what people don't understand is that's years of practice, mental practice of being able to control your emotions. I teach a lot of teenagers that this they have the swing, they have the game, but on the mental side, it's just an everyday process with them. And that's with everyone. It's just not them. I mean, you watch the pros, and 
in their maturity and how much they don't ever really say it. Some of them do. Most of them do not. How much they work on their mental game of every day, that discipline to control their emotions. And that's why they're the, the best in the business. And I think that word you just said, the daily disciplines, small little bits, small little chips <laughs> every single day working toward that. And kind of start, we talked off or started the podcast off talking about um, you're, you're knocking, shaving strokes off, right? And how you do that. And of course, that gets back to the podcast with Chris Widener last week, talked about, you know, what you, uh, you reap what you sow. So what you sow in the ground, your daily disciplines, and you can't just sow, okay, I'm going to be more disciplined and then try and come back to it nine months later and hope that it's going to be better. You have to continue to cultivate that and work at it. As you said, Noah, every single day, small little things. Fantastic. All right, moving forward, April 16th, 2018, and another first timer on the show here. We had Mr. Leon Rogers and Mr. Jamie Goodell from Century Martial Arts, and uh, I referenced Century quite a bit. They're the leading in uh, martial arts distribution and equipment and sales and uniforms, and they do a fantastic job. But they go on, on the show, they talk about heart and passion that goes into everything they do, even in making a small little item like a belt. And sometimes we may think that's just a piece of cloth that you tie around the waist, but they share incredible insight on what goes into making that belt. And it's fantastic, and it'll definitely touch your heart. Take it away, boys. And we talk about it around here with a lot of with like our manufacturing or sales teams, either one. Guys, that, that belt that's running through your hands that we're making here in the United States every single day in this warehouse, that represents a life change. That's not just some thread or some material going through your hands, but what that represents is the nine-year-old that's been picked on their whole life or the woman that's overcome you know, some type of you know, abuse of some sort uh, just in this day and age with all, everything going on. It's, it's the prize of somebody you don't get to see, but know the work you're doing, this, this product ends up in a really special place. Oh, my goodness. I'm sitting here with goosebumps, guys. <laughs> wow, folks. Wow. Now, think about actually, if every company we, took we on actually, that mindset, think, think how much better our world and society would be. That is beautiful. Go ahead, sir. And your podcast is, is that, too. Amen. Leon turned, that, turned me on to it recently, and I applaud you. Just in this day and age, everything seems to be gossip and news breaking, and your, your whole focus is, is about being positive and helping people improve their life. And so we tip our cap to you as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just going to say, talking about the the belt, you know, we actually, uh, a lot of the schools will post pictures of, you know, the student getting their new belt or using our products on our Facebook page. And our employees, our manufacturing employees that, that make those products, that is their favorite part mm-hmm. is to see those. They they see a, a instructor tying the new yellow belt on a, on a child and the, that glow on a child's face, and they're like, that's why I do what I do. That's what it's all about. Oh, that that's incredible. And and here's the thing. I, I if I've never even looked back that deep, you know, that goes into a belt. It's just one of those things. We order the belt, we and I and the feeling on the kid's face, I mean, that gives me goosebumps and that that helps, like you'd mentioned, the getting up at six in the morning and for uh I've had the business now for twenty one years, started in nineteen ninety seven. And we've been bankrupt twice, <laughs> had our house foreclosed on, lost cars and repossessions and everything else, a lot of crying, a lot of tears. And uh, But we kept battling through because I 
felt like we had a purpose to serve. And uh, I taught. I was a PE teacher for 11 years. And in 2012, I said, you know what? I'm going to quit teaching PE. I'm going to focus on building the business more. Now, of course, my parents, my wife, her family, everybody thought I'd gone completely cuckoo. It's pretty much like, look, you've been bankrupt twice. You've lost your house. You've, what, what, what are you doing here? You finally have some stability. I was like, no. And it's that very thing. Tying that belt on a child, looking at that face, everything you just said, you know, that child that's been bullied, that child that couldn't look you in the eye when they first you know, came to class. They couldn't step on the mat for the first three weeks, but they've done it. And now they've earned, not been given, but earned that belt. And to hear, I mean, that, that the manufacturer who sells us that belt has that same passion, that same desire, that same yes we are doing this. It's not just making a, a piece of cloth here. It's doing it because we know someday, somehow, this kid that couldn't, didn't have any confidence, didn't have any belief in themselves, is going to be wearing this belt. Wow. Fantastic. Amen. Fantastic. Ah, woo. Ah, I'm all goosed <laughs> up here. <laughs> nice. How was that? Did you ever think that much heart and passion goes into making a martial arts belt? Well, it kind of touches the heart, doesn't it? Absolutely. From there, we're going to move on to August 6th of 2018, and this young lady has become an extremely good friend as well, and she's got a, um, she's author of a great book, and she's got a great web, or website and Facebook page called Goals, Gratitude, and Grace, and on the show, she discusses a way to find that inner peace, that inner calm that so many of us are looking for. I know it's a thing that I'm continuously looking for, and it feels like I got it sometimes, and then it drifts away. But in her Goals, Gratitude, and Grace Facebook page, website, and book, she'll give you some insight on that. And that is Miss Nicole Rich. Take it away, Nicole. It's like the feeling of, of when you sigh, when you, when you exhale. It's the feeling of expansion and that feeling of relief. Whenever somebody's, you know, waiting on a big project to come through or waiting on, you know, the call that they got the job or waiting on finding out that they got the loan that they were hoping for. And it's that feeling of complete, you know, you're exhaling, you're sighing, you're letting it out, and it's complete freedom, freedom from um, anything, you know, like I, I like to think of it like when, when I used to run, I used to run a lot, and just that feeling of being free in, in your feet and mind, you know, running for me was always an act of meditation so I could get into the zone and completely shut off anything going on in the world. Um, out on a run so for some people it could be that you know if they identify with you know they know what it feels like and putting down the devices and shutting off that world and opening up to the external world of what's going on around you and being aware um you know and if you think about it um i, I don't want to get dark here but you know you never know when your last moment on earth will be sure and if in your last moment you're not appreciating and really seeing everything, you know, appreciating the beauty of, you know, the sound of the ocean, appreciate and really taking that in. If we're going through life mindless in our days and we're not living our days to our greatest potential and our fullest capacity. And, um, you know, so I guess that's, that's what it could be. It's, it's fully embracing the moment and feeling complete freedom and peace when, you know, the devices are down. And I'll be honest, you know, my boyfriend recently called me out on it and he was like, why are you always on your phone? It was, you know, one weekend and there was some things going on. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling me out on that. I need to put the phone in my bag and not not pick it up and just be present. That's fantastic. And it's so, great you have uh, uh, 
you know, a companion or a boyfriend or a helper or somebody there to kind of, you know, call us out when we need to hear it. Because sometimes we get so wrapped up in our own message that we miss the message that we're trying to push to others. There you go. There's the tips on how to find that inner calm and that inner peace. Next, we'll move on forward to July 30th, 2018. And Austin, my son Austin, rejoins the show and talks about attending the Tony Robbins conference and talks about the profound impact that conference had on both of us and I'm quite sure on the other 10,000 folks that were in the stands. It was powerful, powerful beyond words. And he still talks about that today, which is good. That means a seed was planted and he continues to water that seed and cultivate and uh, that seed for that harvest, which I'm so happy about. So just listen to this inside. Austin talks about the Tony Robbins show and the impact it had on him and some of his takeaways from the show. Take it away, Austin. So what we did was we had three limiting beliefs or more if, if we have one, um, which most people I feel like do. And then after we wrote uh, down the limiting beliefs and put what negative consequences have you already experienced as a result of this belief? So we wrote all those down. And then um, we went into that meditative state, and a lot of it was him saying, uh, point our limited beliefs and be like, look who this is uh, hurting, and you're, you know, you're hurting yourself, the loved ones, you know, business, everything like that. Um, it, it, I don't know how to explain it because Tony's just awesome. But oh, you did a great job, buddy. But, and then, you know, our limiting beliefs got destroyed, so now we'll be able to soar with the eagles. Nice, Austin. Folks, give Austin a big hand there. That was nicely done. Good job, buddy. And I was super proud of Austin. He uh, he took notes. He bought all in, and uh, he knew that he wanted to become his very, very best. And by doing that, you know, as being a teenager, sometimes it's hard to swallow that, uh, uh, that, that humble pie, if you will. And he did. He did a very good job. And on the very first day, it was, why are you here? And I'd put down to increase the quality of my life. You know, really get in touch with the inner self and to find inner peace. And I, I, we definitely did. So, fantastic. Good stuff, good stuff. As we move on, we're moving to August 20th of 2018. And another good friend has become an extremely good friend over the past couple years. An amazing martial artist. And that's Master Karen Eden. She joins the show and gives us priceless wisdom on not only being a martial artist, and, you know, I've got a lot of martial arts guests, but I've got a lot of the guests from uh, other lines of work and professions, but it all ties into the central point. Be in your very best. And being your very best means being your very best mentally, physically, and spiritually, all connecting, all working together to bring out the best you. And when you're at your best, obviously you're serving others at their best. So, Master Eden, take it away, ma'am. I understand where the feelings are coming from. And there are times I'm saying, you know what, that's wrong that they're, they're going through this and they're being treated like that. I don't like it. But I always, no matter what, try to stand for the right. I don't really stand for any side or any party. I try to stand for what's right. And unfortunately, you know, you get me started. I step on a lot of toes. So I try to stay away from it on social media and just don't, don't even go there. Good for you know you. what I mean? Because oh, uh, same let's, thing. Let's, you can't well, let's win. look at it this way. You can't win you don't a faceless like the battle. No, you can't. Because if you don't like the president now, he, he gonna, there's only two terms you can serve. But, you know, you're going to have your family and your friends for life. Yep. And you're going to Wow, that's a good point. That is a great point. Yeah. I never even looked at it that way. Yeah, you may not well, like him now, but yeah, why I mean, divide your family and friends that you've known forever? That is a fantastic right. point. And, you know, and that's, things, things are going to change. 
you know, as, as far as I was able to remember, I prayed for every leader of this country, whether it was Obama or Trump or Bush or, or Clinton or whoever. I don't agree with any of them 100 percent, but I will pray for them because they're in charge of this country. And that's the attitude I think people need to take instead of ragging and, and being disrespectful to leaders. I don't care who they are. They're leaders and you need to have their back because they're in charge and it doesn't matter who the president is. That's my that's my martial artsy thing coming out. Oh, you know, where you I'm with you, sis. That's a right hook of reality. That's my hashtag. Boom. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Right hook of reality. And you're exactly right. That's a great point to look at. Um re- regardless what side you're on here, is it worth is it worth losing your family and losing your friends? You know, why does there need to be such a divide there? I don't I, I, I don't get that. I posted on my Facebook page this morning, and it kind of ties into everything here. And it was a uh, a quote from Abraham Lincoln. Now I never heard him say it, so I don't know if it was really him or not. But <laughs> I always like saying that. Well, is it? Uh, I, I, now I'm, I'm circling around being goofy here. But it was uh, another one I posted some time ago. It was from Abraham Lincoln, and it said, uh, "Just so you know, everything on Facebook is is true." And it said Abraham Lincoln, like like he had Facebook back when he was around. But anyway, <laughs> circling <laughs> right, back. Right. He said, know, uh, here's what I think the problem is, Rich, just real quick, and I'll oh, end no, no, we're, we're sorry. both but buddy, we're both talk show hosts and it's gonna be an issue, but let's we'll get through it. Okay, so <laughs> one be yin, one be yang. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just say I think a lot of the problem stems from the difference between this generation now and what we're used to growing up is that your political reference, belief, or, or understanding is no longer an ideology where you can respect each other with their ideology. It's become an identity. And people are willing to die for what they believe in. So that's the difference now. We grew up with different ideologies. People now are making it their identity. And that's where it gets a little scary. Okay, Rich, go ahead. It's oh, your my show, gosh. No, gosh, you're the guest on here. And you keep dropping right hooks, baby. That is sweet. You're right. <laughs> yes. It's what it is. I mean, it's it's not ideology anymore. It's identity. Man, oh man, folks, are you still standing? That was a big right hook of reality. I mean, that was a huge right hook of reality. That was a round kick of reality there. <laughs> Bang! Like nobody can throw, um, but Master Eden. <laughs> well, you know, I've had all these stand up thoughts, and I'm dying for someone to interview me. So, well, here, thank you for doing wow, this. Wow, thank you. Again, I've got—I uh, uh, don't know how many more times I can get goosebumps on the show here. Fantastic, and the hits just keep on rolling. Moving on to September 10th of 2018. Now, I know we're getting closer and closer as the episodes continue to you know, move on forward from our first episode. And some of you, you know, maybe, hey, I remember that one. I remember that one. And I wonder how many of you do remember. And then how many of you are like, oh, I forgot that point. Well, that's because we have, what, 80,000 thoughts that flush through our head on a daily basis. So <laughs> we're not going to remember everything. That's why I try and bring on the best guest to plant the right seeds for you. And talking about a great guest... This gentleman, world champion and amazing humanitarian, Christopher Rappold. He joins the show and shares with us the amazing things he's doing in his community with this turkey brigade. And here we are, Thanksgiving's upon us, and he delivers a powerful message about the little things that collectively, all of us, enough of us are doing the little things. What do they do? They add up to the big things. Great message. Take it away, Christopher. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners, even if they're not in the martial arts community, something they can do to kind of get the turkey brigade, as you like to call it, going just to help serve others. Yes, sir. Um, you know, the, the turkey brigade is a labor of love. We've been doing it now for 23 years. And I think rightly, as you identified, we, we uh, you know, we all 
you know, kind of had to start somewhere. And I think the seed was just, you know, recognizing within your community. There are places all over the world, uh, Rich, that are in need of help and, and support. And, you know, my heart, boy, it goes out to all of them and I do what I can. But sometimes we don't even have to look as far as, uh, you know, another country. We can look right within our own community. And uh, when I started this, it was actually inspiration. I know it, it I think the, the idea originated with Tony, but I, I um, it kind of came to my consciousness because a gentleman uh, out in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Keith Hafner, it started taking uh, the concept of what Tony was talking about and applying it to his martial arts school. And I've always been a big fan within our schools of uh, uh, experiential learning. You, know, you can talk about kindness and courtesy and you know, kind of service above self on the mat, but it's a lot more powerful if you can you know, kind of wrap a way around giving a child the experience of being of service or practicing kindness, etc. So, you know, we looked within our community and we said, you know, who are the people that are the most vulnerable within our community? And, and my heart's always gone out to, you know, people that that have uh, very little means, people that don't have the ability to put food on their table. Um, you know, that's one of the, the target groups that's always been kind of near and dear in my heart. So that, you know, that first year with the size of the school that we had at the time, we said, you know, we'd love to try to feed 60 families for Thanksgiving. So we, uh, we worked with the, with the town, as I remember, and maybe a local church, and we found where there was a need uh, and there was a shortfall and uh, we kind of marshaled our resources together, and we figured out it would cost, you know, $25, $27 uh, in total to feed a family for Thanksgiving, you know, an average family of four. And, uh, you know, we did that. So, you know, you kind of multiply the math out, and you see what you you need. You know, we did a canned good drive, and we did donations and bake sales and all of that. And with the generosity of our, you know, parents and, and students, that first year we were able to feed 64 families and really year after year after year it's, it's really just grown but um you know sometimes people want to be of service um but they just don't know what to do and i think is you know i've heard commented over the years by you know many families is you know thank you so much for doing this because we've always wanted to share an experience like this with our children but we never really you know kind of knew where to start I think that, you know, the Turkey Brigade provides a, you know, a great opportunity for that. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Moving on, moving on, moving on. Next, fast forward to September 17th, 2018. And Master David Alvarez joins the show. And he talks about the power of overcoming our fears and moving forward. Now, Mr. Alvarez, Master Alvarez, I've known him for some time because we used to be in the same martial arts organization together. And our paths had crossed from time to time, but I hadn't seen him for a number of years. And then I happened to connect with him at another martial arts event outside our federation that uh, we both ended up, unfortunately, half parting ways from. But the connection was there, and it's like time stood still, right? We connected, and uh, he actually helped me overcome my fears of moving on from the federation. And he shares a powerful message here. Listen up, folks. This is good stuff. Yeah, um, I, I first of all, I appreciate all of that. Um, you know, it's interesting, like, you, you don't always know what kind of an impact 
you're you're having on people. And um, you know, I tell my team all the time here, it, you know, when you see a kid or even an adult walking with their with their head down and their shoulders shrugged, you don't know what's on their mind and you don't know what they're contemplating to do or not do. And when you go over and you just put your hand on their back and offer to listen and tell them, you know, positive words of encouragement, there, there have been cases where things like that have even saved people's lives. Um, Absolutely. So you, 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 you never know. I mean, I'm, I, to be honest, I didn't realize that I had that impact on you. So thank you for sharing that with me because uh, it, it's pretty cool. I appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome. And then shame on me for not sharing it sooner there. But, you know, <laughs> it would just been a conversation no, between you and I. Now we've got, uh, you know, the world out there hearing it. So that, that works out even better. How about that? Boom. <laughs> It's it's perfect because it let me keep my feet on the ground a little bit, too. I don't know if if you would have told me that five years ago, I would have got up on my soapbox. So it all works out the way it's supposed to. All right, all right. Moving forward into October 1st, 2018. And this seems like just yesterday, because I guess almost it was, right? (laughs) Just a few episodes ago. And on this episode, we had fitness boot camp gym owner Valerie Skinner. And she talks about the battle we face getting out of our comfort zone. You know, moving beyond what we're comfortable with and what it takes in order to do that. And yes, I I can stand here, sit here, talk to you, and she can sit here, stand here and talk to you and tell you how easy it is because it's easy. It's a simple choice, but just because it's easy doesn't mean it's simple to do. You know, things that are easy to do are also easy not to do. So take it away, Val. What does a flat line mean? Yeah, we don't want to experience that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I've learned that being a good entrepreneur, being a good business owner is just about how good can you embrace the suck? (laughs) (laughs) You know, how long can you just deal with it and get past it? And then just know that something even more challenging is going to come your way. I thought it was backwards when I first started. I was like, okay, this was hard, but it's going to get easier. No, this was hard. And the next thing is going to get harder, but it's going to make me stronger or it's going to teach me this great lesson that I needed to learn, you know, again, to take it to the next level to help our clients and our team take it to the next level. And that's kind of our responsibility to embrace the suck. <laughs> embrace the and suck. Learn. I like that. And learn. Yeah, you yeah. got to learn from the mistakes. And I, I was one that exactly. always thought failure and success were opposite sides of the coin. And now I'm a <laughs> big advocate and big believer and, you know, big communicator of, no, no, no. Failure is just a stepping stone towards success. And success is yeah. not a straight line, as we all know. That baby zigzagged all over the place, backwards, forward, side to side. And then maybe it'll poke out a little bit. But as you said, as soon as that little success arrow, if you will, pokes out a little bit, then you're hit with a bigger challenge because you've overcome mm-hmm. the smaller challenges. They're not challenges anymore. Now you're going to be faced with bigger, uh, 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 more powerful, I guess, challenges. But that's what makes you stronger. That's what makes you better. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. And I have a question for you, Rich. I love talking to other entrepreneurs, other people that own businesses, especially with spouses. We have this... Uh, this tendency pretty much all day, every day, 24 seven, that work leads in with our personal life. And it is important to separate it at times. Um, so I would love to hear how you, how you kind of balance your work and your, in your personal life and your passion, you know? Uh, thank you very much for asking. Uh, we've had the business, I started the business in uh, 1997. Um, so it's been what, uh, 21 years now. I went back to school, got my degree in kinesiology while, uh, you know, trying to do the business. I had a couple exercise videos out and then I mm-hmm. got a, uh, a degree in kinesiology, taught PE for 11 years in Edwardsville. And my wife, bless her soul, she's been my sugar mama this whole time. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's the honest yeah. to goodness truth. We got married in, in 1996 
in August, and in uh, uh, what was it, March, March of '97, I woke up two in the morning and had my resignation typed, asked her to read it that I was going to go in and quit my uh, coffee salesman job so I could pursue this career. So her parents are about to kill me. We've been married six months, and here, here, this guy's <laughs> quitting his job. Yeah, so we went through a lot. We had a couple bankruptcies in there. I used to be embarrassed to talk about that, but now it's I just share it with others that you know that just because you've been knocked down doesn't mean you have you have to stay there. You can get back up, and made yeah. terrible business decisions and terrible choices because you just don't know what you don't know. Well, fast forward, I I guess if you will, retired from teaching in 2012 and focused on the business, which I'll be honest, that was probably one of the toughest years of my life because now I no longer had an income coming in. I'm full time with the business. But I still didn't have any more business knowledge. <laughs> so right, right. I was like, what do I do here? So the business started yeah. growing. And in 2014, my wife quit her job as a nurse. Uh, like I mentioned, she was my sugar mama. She was the one holding everything together and went all in on the business. Now, my wife and I are bipolar opposites. Okay, we're the yin and yang, baby. <laughs> I'm the yeah, yeah. outgoing, you know, a little flamboyant, if you will, just hyperactive maniac, all about spreading positivity and work your butt off and blah, 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 and all these other things, 15 projects going at once. And she is very meticulous. One thing at a time, I'll get this done. We'll move on to the next. We're going to get systems. We're going to get structures. We're going to get processes. And these are things I'd never heard of before because I was just a one-man <laughs> band doing it all. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. very, very deliberate in doing those things. Now, the first six months, it was well, one of the roughest times on our marriage. And I've got three kids and uh, me going 100 miles an hour for all these years finally started to catch up to me. So other entrepreneurs out there or other folks out there, and uh, this came from one of my mentors, you can only redline for so long before that engine starts breaking down. And it, mm -hmm. as much energy as I've gotten, as much passion I've got, I didn't think it was possible, but it happened. She stayed with me. And I would say, I'm doing this. This is 15 different things. You're only doing one. You got to get one. I heard doing one thing kind of like the turtle in the, in, the, in the hair. I was the hair running all over like a freaking maniac. And she was doing one thing at a time, one thing at a time. Well, long story short, we now have systems. I mean, it's, it's an actual business instead of a one-man you know, uh, uh, circus <laughs> mm -hmm. with, yeah, yeah. with everything in place that flows like clockwork. And I don't know if you've read the book, The E-Myth, The Entrepreneurial Myth by Michael Gerber. But that's mm -hmm, a big yeah. focus on the system structures and processes and working on the business instead of in the business. So to answer right. your question, it was, it was turmoil for the longest time. We, we kind of sat down, divided what I was going to do, what she was going to do, and pretty much she has taken over every bit of the administrative duties. And I just do my thing, which now frees me up to train our instructors more. We have, uh, before it was two classes, two days a week. Now we've got eight classes a night, five days a week. and I don't have to, I really teach any classes. I, I, I teach the instructors, but it allows me the chance to do the podcast, allows me a chance to go to the schools and give speeches, allows me a chance to work on my book and do what I can to spread the message to a bigger audience because I know she's got it taken care of. Good stuff, good stuff. Way to push us out of that comfort zone. And then we fast forward to about a month ago, October 22nd, 2018, and this was episode number 97. Holy cow, we're there already? Yeah. And we had a couple episodes prior to those. You have to, or, prior nope we had a lot of episodes prior to that we had a couple episodes past that that led to where we're at now with our 100th episode and on the 97th episode blessed to have singer songwriter and amazing amazing talent miss brie carter and she joins the show and reminds us that god has made us special yeah 
You hear me talk all the time about we're one in 7.6 billion people on the planet. Well, she goes a step further and talks about our gifts. She talks about her gifts of being a singer and a songwriter and that belief in herself and the fact that her songs, uh, uh, what is a uh, new country? And you'll hear it in here. <laughs> she gives a short little rundown and sings part of her song, new, new, or brand new country. Now I'm doing a disservice of actually trying to sing that thing here, but I'll let Bree take it away. She'll talk a little bit and then she'll chime in and let you know about her beautiful, wonderful song there. Give me a snippet of new country. Can you do it right on the spot, folks? Am I throwing her on the, right on it here? Dusty trail with my cowgirl boots on. New sheriff in a little bit of town. Stetson flat brim a straight side crown. Corners curved in, rounded all around. Suited up just to bring you all a new sound. I got some brand new flavor for your ears. Brand new country, not that same old country. There you go. Woo, baby, baby, baby. Just a baby. little bit, y'all. Yeah. Just a little bit, you guys. Man, was that good or what? I'm here goosey now. You're too kind, Rich. Well, thank you, thank th- you. Speaking from the heart. Speaking from the heart, baby. So the, the truth be told, folks, and I, now I'm tongue-tied. I can't even talk. The new country's got me tied all up here. I usually stand up when we do our podcast because I'm just too antsy moving around. The chair's creaking and this and that. But Bree wanted to video this thing. So we're sitting kind of side by side in the recording studio here, and I'm squirming all over the place, wanting to get moving and grooving. I'm throwing my punches and my right hooks, but it's a little tough because I'm confined. But that's okay. That's He's okay. He's ready to do that new country scoop. That, that's exactly what that's I was wanting to is. do. That was exactly it. I was going to run home, get my aerobics gear, and put it on. And there you go. And I used to teach aerobics. I think you knew that for like 12 years. I even got a couple of videos out there that. Uh, yes, yes. Now it's no spandex or leotards or any of that stuff. Okay. I, I just wore shorts and uh, kind of those tight muscle shirts. So. Ooh, I know. Okay. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Desi. Go, Desi. Exactly. Go, Desi. We have derailed. All right. So let's move on to another song. Give the audience something. Now, is this one out? Is this one available or is this? No, this one isn't out yet. Oh, boy. A sneak peek, folks, or a sneak listen. Is that how we say it on the air here? Yep. And it's called Drinking About You. Oh, Drinking About You. Okay, bring it on, sister. Ever since you left me, things have been hard. Trying to find anything I can to fill this void. Damn how I miss you and what we had. The days are so long and I feel so bad. That's how you get. Oh, my gosh. I was just getting really. (laughs) That is wonderful. Let's give Bree another hand. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Man, man, good stuff. So the the question that I get a lot uh, from listeners and viewers of the videos and everything else is, yeah, but maybe I can't sing as well as Bree. Yeah, maybe I don't have the, you know, feel as comfortable in front of the camera as you do. Maybe you don't have the voice for radio. Maybe I don't have this and that. And I always say. Maybe that's not your calling in life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You have to be you. You have to do what your passion is, what you feel good about. And maybe sometimes, maybe you're not that good at certain things, but if you pray and it's a gift that God truly wants you to have and you work, you work at it, you know, it doesn't mean that it's that in itself can't manifest itself for you in your life. That's true. But you gotta, true. you gotta believe in, in order to, um, to receive it, in order to achieve it. You gotta believe first. All right, folks, 
Just like that. Bang! Yeah, there's our right hook, baby. Just like that. We've breezed through 99 episodes. Now, obviously, I didn't (laughs) have a segment from each episode. That would be, well, probably longer than anybody would want to listen, right? But little segments of each one, I kind of tried to take the best ones, the, the greatest hits, if you will, and put it together for our 100th episode. I mean, just saying that gets me excited. 100, baby, yes! Our 100th episode, and I'm so very grateful, so very thankful, and truly, from the top, middle, bottom, all sides of my heart, I love you. Thank you very, very much, because without you downloading, without you subscribing, without you sharing this with your friends, this wouldn't happen. Yeah. So I'm so very grateful, and I know we're making an impact. I get countless emails and uh, uh, Facebook messages and Instagram messages now and and other uh, social media correspondence just saying, hey, you are making a difference, and that warms my heart. It truly does because I'm a human being too. You know, you put your heart out there and you, you work your tail off, and you at least I do. I often think, man, am I really making a difference? And by you folks sending those things in and reminding me that I am, that, that means the world to me. That just it supercharges and empowers me to keep doing what I'm doing, keep working hard. And anytime I'm feeling a little defeated, those messages pick me up, and then I want to give that gift right back to you, help pick you up on your days when you're not feeling good. And I tell you, do that for somebody else. It comes right back at you, and you feel twice as good. Yeah. So there we go, folks. That's a wrap. 100. 100 episodes. Yes. So as a reminder, you know where to find us. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from, or you can just download it, kickinlifepodcast.com, right from the website. And if you're not following me on on social media, I've got a great page on uh, Facebook. It's Kicking Life with Master Grogan. Check that baby out. Every day starts with inspiration, motivation, and something to empower you to be your very best. And on Instagram, really trying to work with that Instagram thing. It was new to me, but uh, I, I <laughs> actually... Watched the webinar, attended a conference, and then the most important help was my uh, uh, Austin's girlfriend, who's a teenager. <laughs> she gave me all the insights on Instagram, like the story and highlights and all that stuff. So working with that, but that that crowd's grown as well. And that is Kicking Life underscore Master Grogan. So check that baby out as well. And Kicking Life is K I C K I N, and then Life L I F E. And the Master Grogan, Master, M-A-S-T-E-R, and the Grogan, G-R-O-G-A-N. Check it out. And uh, I'm almost maxed out on the friends list on personal Facebook, but please send me a request there. That's fine. But the best way to follow, I'm not kidding, is on Instagram and on uh, Facebook. I don't do a whole lot on Twitter. Uh, YouTube channel is growing and growing as well, and that's where my video blogs all are going to end up. They're, most of them are there now. I probably got 300 there, but we're going to start doing a little better job with those and loading the podcast on the YouTube channel as well. Just doing what we can to reach you know as many as many people as we can. Like I said, to continue building that tribe. All right, folks. Well, I'm out of here. Thank you so very very much. Now you're gonna. This episode's gonna air before Thanksgiving, so I want to wish you and your loved ones the hap hap happiest Thanksgiving possible. Please. Cherish that time. Be grateful and thankful for what you have. And until we talk again, you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. God bless you. God bless your loved ones. I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 
Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kicking Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kicking Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinglifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week. Another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.